1: Ah, hello. Are we there, Matt? Are we live? Are we going?
0: I think we finally are. We're doing it the other way around. For those of you who are wondering what the delay was. (laughs) If there's a little bit of silence at the beginning of this, we apologize. Um, But welcome to the Mountain West Wire football
1: podcast. I assume, Matt, you hear me, correct? I do. Oh, perfect. Excellent. You know what's awesome? When you lose charging and you you can't use your correct uh, equipment, right?
0: Exactly. So yeah. Technical difficulties behind the scenes. Everything's working now, so we should probably just jump into recapping week zero, don't you think? I think we probably should.
1: <laughs> should we just get going I guess? Let's do it. All right, MWR dot com, that's our website. We will edit this out. Maybe it'll sound better, who knows? Week zero football. We did it. Um Twitter, Facebook, I already said that, Mountain Wire stuff, but let's get going and talk about Week Zero because I guess the way this is going, um, we're not going to talk too long because I don't know how well those connections will last, right?
0: Exactly. It seems kind of rickety. <laughs> we'll power through it because we have an interesting Saturday to
1: recap. Actually, let's do this Matt. Can you handle the intros? I'm actually going to call through my cell and not do this route, okay? Can you handle for a minute or two? Give your uh, Week yeah, Zero winners and losers? All right. I can do that. Take it. All right. So if
0: you haven't gone to MW Wire, um, you may have missed, you know, the weekend's big winners and losers. I guess we could start by talking about the first game for a little bit, the first conference game of the year. And it was a shocker. You know, I think that, you know, especially nobody on our staff, if you go back and look at our Pre-game predictions. I think only our Wyoming guy Jesse was was the only one brave enough to pick Hawaii to win outright. But that's exactly what they did. They, you know, the line moved a couple of points right before kickoff, and apparently there were reasons for that. Um, It came out that uh, I believe it was Ferd Lewis of the Hawaii Star advertiser had said that Jelani Tavai was not going to be playing in the game. And that was a significant reason why the move, the line moved from 13 and a half, I think, on Friday all the way to 17. But it didn't matter because Hawaii came out with a 43-34 win.
1: So you're telling me one linebacker is worth four and a half points?
0: Well, when you're Jelani Tavai, of course
1: you are. I'm just saying, that's a lot for any linebacker. I'm back, Jeremy's here, hopefully it sounds better. But that four points for one linebacker, that's an interesting move there.
0: But you know, obviously, looking back at the game, the story of the day was you know defense
1: optional anyway. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, what you, you you take care of this game, start going. So, what do you like about this game, then? It's uh, Hawaii, good old run and shoot, the uh, read option, and Cole McDonald's is dead for now. I
0: mean, the, I mean, the story of the game is I think the run and shoot looked a lot better than anybody would have anticipated, and. You know, Cole McDonald obviously was the big story of the game, not only for his arm. You know, he did put up 418 yards. But, you know, one of the things that I had written about in my preview of this game from Hawaii's point of view was that they needed to establish a running game, too. And between the three guys that they had back there, McDonald, as well as, you know, Freddie Hawley and Dayton Furuta, you know, 36 carries, 199 yards between them. That's five and a half yards per carry. That was huge for them. You know, just the, the ability to, for McDonald to use his legs, which we kind of knew he had that ability coming into this game. But, you know, mm-hmm. it seemed like he was running past Colorado State's front line, you know, every other play, or he was, you know, killing them with shovel passes. You know, obviously the big story of the day was, you know, Cedric Bird and John Rusua combining for about 300 yards between them. But just as critical to the keeping the offense moving were those shovel passes. You know, Freddie Hawley only caught two passes, but he had 38 yards, you know. Um, you know, Dayton Fruta had 22 yards through the air on a couple of those passes. So they did just about everything right on the offensive end, you know, whether it was the short game or whether it was going off over the top. It seemed like they had everything working pretty much nonstop throughout this game. You know what I
1: love? I love the shovel pass so much. It reminds me of being the University Utah guy. Oh four, Alex Smith giving it to Marty Johnson. Shovel pass up the middle of like 40 yards. That's like mm-hmm. one of my most favorite plays in football, but never gets done too often. But yeah, you're right. This offense, like they're running, whatever. Hawaii was going to do on the ground game? We knew we assumed it wouldn't be their primary goal because it's shotgun four wide outs. Sort of have two backs because uh, McDonald could be like a play act, not play action, but zone read or read option type play. He can has a choice to take it or run it on those running places, kind of two backs. But we knew they wouldn't run a lot. But when they ran, they ran extremely well. And honestly, any range front four or front seven is not good anyway. So whatever Hawaii was going to run probably would have been pretty good. Probably just a little bit about average, I'd say. Nothing. They wouldn't be beat down running the ball like the way they would. Like any gets a better defense. Maybe they have been shut down a little bit, but running against the Colorado State front seven is not that difficult. So whatever Hawaii was going to run, I thought they would probably do okay, and they wildly exceeded that because he saw McDonald running down, jumping pylons, trying to get in the corner, making big plays. They they just outclass the because I chatted with um, the guys out in Hawaii the day before the game. And so, like, so what, what's going to happen here? I'm like, well, I, I was like, well, I don't really know. I kind of figured it would take – at least um, two, a couple, a couple series, because we had no clue what to make of this uh, Hawaii offense, right? Because besides running mm-hmm. two, nobody runs it. Like you mentioned, what, Texas Tech might be the closest thing that kind of runs it, sort of. Mike leads a little bit. Oregon does it kind of, but I'm like, okay, I'm, I told them, I'm like, it'll probably be close for a little bit, but I expect the to pull away, figure things out, look for a ton of halftime adjustments. It took the Rams. It wasn't adjustments. They were just getting burned everywhere in the field. It was the Colorado State offense that couldn't get anything done until the fourth quarter, essentially. Like, they did yeah, field goals. Exactly they right. were getting shut down. It's like, that's a big thing. It's like, why is it 16-7? What was it? 30-7 to to one point, I believe, almost?
0: It was 37-7 with five minutes left in the, in the third quarter.
1: 37-7, yeah, okay. But also, yeah. it's like, I love Nick Rolovich. I'm not going to kick. I'm going to go for it on fourth down. Who cares? <laughs> 16, was it 16-3 to 3 with a field goal to, and two touchdowns and one extra point? Well,
0: what, what happened was, you know, the offense kind of went into a lull late in the first half because let's not forget, it was only 10-7 after the yeah. first quarter. And as far yeah. as, you know, offensive plays and, and and yards gained, they were just about even after the first quarter. But Hawaii strung together some very long, good drives in the second quarter, and then all of a sudden it kind of opened it up where, you know, Colorado State wasn't able to maintain those long drives, even despite the fact that in that first half, even though they went into halftime down 16, like they you know, they weren't necessarily losing the time of possession battle all that much. It was only, you know, 17 minutes to 12 minutes, and they'd actually outperformed the Warriors on third downs. You know, they were 5-7 by halftime, It's just, you know, they stalled right there at the end of the half. Wyatt Bryan pushed a field goal wide right. And they Mm -hmm. just weren't taking care of, you know, they weren't taking care of business when they were getting close to the, you know, when they were getting across midfield, Hawaii was basically, you know, shoving it right down their throats. I think one of the things I mentioned was that, you know, from 2016 to 2017, one of the most significant differences was being able to finish drives And I forget the exact stat by the end of the game, but I saw someone notice that, you know, the first six times that Hawaii got into the red zone, they got at least three points every single time. And when you consider what Colorado State did by contrast, that was one of the most significant differences in this game.
1: Yeah, there's a couple things, too. Missed goal goal, like you mentioned, and then Mike Bobo, who was at the game, coaching from the booth, quality plays, went for an odd two-point conversion which mm-hmm. he already said. He already said that's a dumb, dumb call. I shouldn't have done it because what were they down? Thirteen. I think he went for two. I'm like, okay, eleven. I get it. I guess field goal extra and touchdown, two point, two possession essentially. But you lose by nine. It's it wouldn't have made that much difference. But had they just kicked it, they'd be down 43-35 potentially. Who knows what could have changed into the, the game? What they're doing those, fi- those final six plays. Where they went down mm-hmm. sixty yards and kind of just—they were down too many points to win, but that would have been eight points. That would have been a big difference.
0: Well, one, one have, of the other uh, big differences, you know I mean? is, is, yeah, one of the other big differences, especially early on, were penalties, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, they were getting kind of—that was another thing that was really setting them back, especially in the first half, where you know, even though Hawaii had five penalties in the in that first half, it was only for twenty-five yards. By contrast, the Rams had six penalties for 52. So when they were getting penalized, it was often, you know, the kind of thing that can really kill a drive.
1: Well, it is. They also were 12 for 20, 120 penalties given up. And even just like Hawaii, like while they put up a 20-0, they were, here's the thing, the Rams outgained them. The Rams were were better on third downs, 10 of 16, which Hawaii is four for 12. And it's just a penalty is a big deal. But there's, Chances are just too little too late for the Rams offense to figure out how to move against this wide defense. Because mm-hmm. I was looking at the numbers, like our buddy Justin Michael. There's somebody trying to troll on Twitter, like, "Hey, I can't believe this piece of play sponsor you." It's kind of funny because he, it's just predictions, but then he tags the piece the place advertises on his website. I'm like, dude, you're giving them what they want. They're giving them some extra pub by somebody else. <laughs> kind of funny, mm-hmm. but he's like, oh, he'll go 250." And I think was it two touchdowns? I think he said. Um, Curtis Samuel was 34.50. Why 37 and five touchdowns? It's ridiculous. Like you see what Cole McDonald did, but Carter Samuels was just as good. It just took forever.
0: And that, I think, is probably the biggest reason why, you know, Rams fans might be tempted to panic. But I would say that it would have been very easy for them to give up once they got down 30. And, you know, let's not forget, this was, you know, a six-point game with, like, two minutes to go. And you know some of that mm-hmm. had to do with Colorado State's offense coming to life, especially through the air. You know, you mentioned Carter Samuel, you know, one of the cool. one of the one of the biggest stories of the day, Preston Williams. Man, that guy! I think he set uh, a, a record for a debut by a Colorado State receiver.
1: Possibly ninth one in two touchdowns.
0: But you know, he was like you know the kind of the spearhead for. The Rams even be, even being able to begin their comeback, you know. And old BC Johnson, you know, even though he ended up playing second fiddle when you look at the stat sheet, you know, both of those guys were well over 100 yards. And they were making big plays, both of them. You know, Carter Samuels, you know, give him credit. You know, he was standing back there. The Hawaii front four, surprisingly to me, they were putting a lot of pressure on him. Like, even though they didn't actually record any sacks and they only had two tackles for loss – it seemed like Cartesinos was on the move more often than I think he would have liked to have been. But, you know, that, that receiving unit is going to be one to watch throughout the year. And, you know, that's what I'm saying. You know, you might be tempted to panic, but don't panic. Because as long as the offense can, you know, even if they aren't as hot as they were in the second half of the game, if they can find those big plays, if they can maintain that efficiency, you know, I think they're going to be fine as long as they can find some
1: answers on defense. That's the thing, too, because a couple of things, like, they put up the huge numbers. Running game wasn't as good as we thought the part of it is when you're down as much as you were. You're not going to run as much. Um, A couple things, like, thinking about, like, kind of, maybe I panicked. I did, like, I'm i going to do bowl projectors every week, so they can be stupid or whatever, whatever you say about them. In fact, they're going to be interesting. Um, So, did I? Did I? You said to panic. Did I panic too much by putting Hawaii in a bowl game and taking the Rams out of a bowl game? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. You both ways,
0: or just which are? Because I think you know, even though Hawaii built up their commanding lead, I think and and what our Hawaii guy, don't worry about it, Keith. He had mentioned it you know, a couple of times throughout the second half, you know, one of the things that Hawaii is going to need to be aware of is clock management and, mm-hmm. you know, penalties and things like that, because, you know, everybody pointed out the fact that, you know, they had that one play in the second half where they had two punters out there, which is kind of cool. Right. But they yeah, ended up wasting punters, a timeout right? just a... because just be, they ended up wasting a timeout just because they weren't able to get the punt off. And so, You know they were out of timeouts in the second half. I think with like five or six minutes to go, and while it ultimately didn't come back to well they both burned timeouts early. Yeah, exactly. The first
1: half they both teams did that.
0: Yeah, and and both of these teams ended up with double digit penalties. You know the Rams ended up with 120 yards on penalties. You know the the Warriors ended up with 65, but you know it's those kinds of little things, and also like when they're trying to run out the clock late in the second half, especially on those last oh. two drives, they're still taking shots down the field, and everybody's like, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? And, you know, ultimately... Yeah, because it is a word of but... Yeah. Or like, is, when they were, record, or like when they were
1: down...
0: I was going to say, like when they were down near the goal line, on, and then on second and third down, they threw the ball both times rather than trying to run and burn a little bit of the clock, or at least... Forced the Rams to use a timeout to stop the clock, um, yeah. and they well, ended up losing
1: the New Mexico
0: Bowl. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, and ultimately it didn't end up hurting them and things like that. But you know, it, both teams gave you reason to hope, but at the same time, both teams gave you reason to have a little bit of pause as well. So, you know, Hawaii mm-hmm. deserves to feel really good about going on the road. I'm trying to remember the last time they won in the Mountain Division. I think they, if I remember correctly, I mentioned this in the preview podcast. They've only won the they, one time. once since they came to the Mountain West. So this is a big deal. The pro- but there's still, but there's still work to do. Well,
1: yeah, they still work to do because also it's out Giovanni there at the linebacker. That's going to be helpful going forward. It's confusing the again. They gave up 600 passing yards, or excuse me, five, yeah, almost 537 passing yards, five touchdowns. Okay, Here's the thing. Like, maybe the Reigns offense is the real deal. I'm still not going to buy the Hawaii defense all that much. They did fine in the first. They made some some stops there. A couple things. If you have those second and third trying to burn clock, you can pass the ball and burn clock. Do a, do, like I said, the shovel pass. It's a huge thing. You could actually, if, if you're not going to run the ball, do a wide receiver screen or do a jet sweep, something that is a quick play, basically a handoff, basically a very high percentage way to get the ball and keep it in bounds. You don't need to throw fade patterns, out patterns, go 20 yards when it's second and short. Also, while well, I love Rolovich not kicking sometimes and he, he converted occasionally, he's going to have to take points if he's going to try to be – if they're going to be a good team when they play Fresno, San Diego State. They're going to have to get all the points they can get.
0: Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, I think it's also worth mentioning, like even though Hawaii played without Tavai on defense – you know, Colorado State was also without a few guys themselves. You know, R.J. Gene apparently didn't dress because uh, of some personal issues. And when we were talking about, you know, the, the two deep at running back beforehand, you know, I don't think either of us realized that Rashad Boddy and I'm trying to remember who else. Yeah, but there were two guys at running back who didn't play because of violations of team rules. So, you know, this what, was a Colorado State... My question. Marvin Kinsey. We're were up so, okay. you
1: know, I'm assuming that's why they were on the depth There we go.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so this was a this was a Colorado State offense that set records, at least for a debut, without all of the guys at their disposal.
1: So, really quick, um, before we move on to the next game, was there a big issue with Bobo not being in the practice a week and being in a booth for plays? Do you think that was a huge impact?
0: I mean, I don't think so. I don't, I don't know that I necessarily buy into those kinds of things myself personally. I think it just came down to, you know, maybe a handful of plays that were very subtle. Those That inability to finish drives in the first half that, you know, put them in a hole that just wasn't, you know, they weren't able to climb out of it. Because, I mean, you know, they got, yeah, in, in that second quarter, second for instance, you know, they got across midfield, I think, at least once or twice, but they didn't get anything out of it.
1: Yeah, I would say more of an energy type thing. I don't know if it had made up maybe three more points. Who knows? It's part of it too. It's like it's a their creature of habit. The coach is usually usually on the sideline. He sees the game from that angle. So I don't buy time, but it's it's going to make it for a little a little bit of a difference, but not enough to say that's why they lost. That's all I'm saying. It's just a little bit of a well, we're it's just they they have their game plan exactly what they want to do, and so when your head coach is up in the booth and he's not the sideline, it's just. It's just a little different. That's all I'm saying. There's a l- very minimal impact, but it's a little bit different just because he's not on the sidelines. So let's do this real quick before we move to the next game. What, you said the extremes. So is this the – Hawaii start off this – are they just going to get better than this, you think, after they – because maybe we overvalue the Rams. Like, where do you see Hawaii? Is this a team – because I picked them to win no games in the conference, which is clearly wrong already. <laughs> and you picked well, them like, was- to in the conference just about to Right? I did.
0: Um, I was making jokes on Twitter earlier <laughs> this morning that you know they might be the next team that I predicted to win two games to win the division instead. It, it wasn't it last year? I, yeah, but I mean, all of a sudden they look a lot more interesting, especially against the teams that they're going to have to face in non-conference play, because you know, um, you know, next week they're you know at home versus Navy, Maybe. which huge Maybe. contrast to styles, like even more so than against Colorado State and then of course you know they host Rice and then they go to Army and Army's a pretty good team but you know all now all of a sudden things are looking a little bit rosier i think with the non conference slate where those matchups against run heavy teams you know if they can get to buy back if they can continue to be as explosive as they were in this game you know i think they tack off, I think they had like five plays of over 20 yards if they can keep that up You know, and and even if McDonald isn't playing out of his mind week in and week out, you know, if he can, you know, complete sixty percent of his passes, and you know, with the stable of receivers that you know now they're you know, vote of confidence and on their part.
1: It's things are getting really really interesting by the time conference
0: play rolls around. Let's put it that way.
1: I'm gonna be super optimistic here, which is people can laugh and say you're stupid. But here's the thing: look at the non you mentioned non conference schedule, Maybe... That's a home game. I think that's winnable, tough but winnable. Rice, near loss to Prairie View A and M, going to Army. Again, that's probably the most toss-up game. They legitimately could win every non-conference game. Navy, I think there's a chance. Home. Yeah, that's a chance. Rice at home. Army's good, but they're not. I mean, they're not going to be ranked. They're not going to be like four zero. I don't. Well, I'm not their schedule, but they're not going to. They did beat the Aztecs last year, so you give them that credit clearly. But they're not like a team where if they lose. Okay, it's a little maybe a little downer from what we see now, but it's a team that's a winnable game. Duquesne, they should win. Even BYU, they're still struggling, and who knows what they're going to be. Those are all what we saw week one. I know I'm overreaching, and it's one game. I shouldn't read into it too much. But why can't they go honestly five and zero non conference play? They could beat San Jose State. Seriously, are they? Am I out of line saying they could be five and zero when they host Wyoming in October? I'm not going to They could be going. But, the, all, all, but aren't they almost are all the winnable, right? Now, from what we've seen in the week, one, if they're somewhat close to this?
0: I mean, I think you're setting kind of high expectations for this team now.
1: I, I know I am. I'm, I'm overreaching, but, like, like, like that's obviously, I, I can't say it's more of the best case scenario because I said, but, like, they should beat Rice. E, even before we knew how good this offense would be or bad, I, I pegged Rice as a win and Duquesne as a win. I think, I believe I did. So, two wins, okay. If they're still the same, that's three wins. Say they split Army Navy, four wins, they're four and one. They're five, they can be five and one, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, there we go. So, we're way off and I'm mean, not right? There's a possibility.
0: My, my, my bold prediction is that they're going to be entertaining as hell to watch over the next
1: month.
0: We'll leave it at yeah. that. Yeah,
1: well, look at this game. You know what I'm looking forward to real quick? Um um, October twentieth, hosting Nevada over under hundred points. Give it to me.
0: Oh, <laughs> well we'll wait and see. Let's 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 let them get through non conference play first. But it is a big I'll win say, and it makes them a, and it makes them a lot more interesting to follow now.
1: Have you filled out your um, power rankings for this week yet? I have. Where did you put Hawaii at?
0: I think I put them at eight. Eight or nine? Oh, eight. I think I
1: put them, I put them six. I wanted to bump them up, but not too much. They're behind Wyoming, like Boise, Fresno. I think I put them just above UNLV. So I, it's obviously Boise, San Diego State, Fresno State, um, Utah State, and Wyoming. So I have them six. Hmm. So I figured. I, it's. I don't want to say, Oh, they're number one, whatever. But I just put them there because I figured they're. Yeah, six, okay. I'm just curious to see how high you had them up there. All right, so let's go to the next game. Do you like defense, Matt? Oh, I like defense. I like this Wyoming the defense Mexico's, especially. The announcers are fawning all over themselves over this game. This, this Wyoming defense, okay, they did qualify. The best defense line group Group 05, Mike, please. They could have four guys in the NFL draft. They could have like half their defense be in the NFL one day. This current roster, close to half, right?
0: New, New Mexico State not wasn't ready for this
1: defense. They were not ready, and no, they were not. after the first driver two. It was back and forth. The game got a little dull in the middle sections because I was watching most of this this morning because I went to a movie last night. Sorry, I missed the game live, folks. It's okay. But I watched. I watched it this morning. And I'm like, okay, nine to zero, fifteen is like the stranglehold of the Fresno San Diego State game a couple years ago, just about. However, Nico Evans. Nearly, so Brad Foster over at uh, thetrib.com and Casper Star Tribune, he's like, first 200 yard wrestler since Brian Hill. Well, Nico Evans lost a few yards down to 190. <laughs> but still, two touchdowns, 190, and, and also, also Tyler Handler, number one pick. He completed over 60% of his passes. <laughs> well, I
0: mean, it wasn't just Evans, though. I mean, let's not, for, I no. mean, as a team, the trio no. of, of Evans, Javon Bigelow, oh, yeah. and Xavier and over 300 yards. That is a huge step in the right direction for a team that, you know, we talked about it in the preview. They had the worst running game in the conference last year. And, you know, if, you know, that offensive line can continue creating holes like they did, you know, all three of those guys were showing a lot of power too. And that is the kind of thing that's going to benefit them when they come to conference play. I think this was like the first time maybe in two years that we saw what Kind of team this wants to be. They want to run between the tackles, and they want to be efficient mm-hmm. in the passing. And you know, New Mexico State. I I still think they're going to be an okay team. I don't think they're going to fall back to the kind of team that they were two or three years ago. But there's no doubt that they came in and you know this was a test, and they passed it with
1: flying colors. They did because, yeah. When New Mexico, the biggest story I had, when I chatted with the guy from Underdog Dynasty the other day on in the game. The Mexico State's offensive line has like 40 career start, 40 starts back from four to five guys. And that was mm-hmm. their biggest strength. And we knew the Wyoming front defense line would be a challenge, clearly, because it has great players like Carl Granderson and other players out there on that line. And so we figured it would be an equalizer, be about the same, where that'd help the Mexico State rushing game. Yeah, they lost Larry Rose, great rusher. They had m- minus nine yards on the, on the day. I know it's mostly sack yards, but Jason Huntley 22 yards. That's it, along with eight. There was like mm-hmm. one or two plays that's that was the only area there's concern. And Pro Football Focus said this to Mexico State defense is really good. It wasn't so this game because I said like the same thing. What well, we know, what one we want to do, run the ball reasonably well, pass efficiently. That's what I said. If their offense, it couldn't be worse than last year, and they're not going to be worse than last year. Tyler Vanderball did well enough. No no picks. Good job. 0-137, one thirty seven didn't need to throw that much. He was twenty two. He's efficient. And so he got the ball It's like Austin Fort, two for 51 on tight end. Sorry, no touch for touchdown ratio this year, but we'll see for Fort one for one. But they he he threw it to 13, 13 receptions, obviously to about eight, nine guys. he spread the ball around. Rock Rocket Israel Jr. had two for ten. Austin Moore did okay. They had they did well enough. That's all I need to do. Like, if they were to score twenty nine points a game, they'd play every game this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, if they score 29 points a game, I'm probably going to be super wrong about my prediction for them this year. And I mean, it wasn't even, you know, the guys who showed up on the stat sheet, like even someone like James Price, for instance. Like he only had two targets, but he didn't have any catches. But, you know, on the two attempts that he got, or at least one that I can recall off the top of my head, you know, it was a deep shot down the field that Vanderwald didn't miss him by much. And he was open. And so if that pass had been on target, it probably would have been six points. And you know, if he can show that, you know, he's if he can show that he's consistent you know, as far as being a deep threat is concerned, you know, he's gonna be a huge asset because that wasn't necessarily something they had all the time last year. And, you know, even though Johanna Gython, for instance, only had you know credited for two tackles and half a tackle for loss, it seemed like he was blowing up plays like every other play. And, like, everybody oh, yeah. was talking about how mm-hmm. how terrifying he was in the middle of that defense. And it was literally, like, everybody on that two-deep along the offensive line, not just Guy Fan and Granderson, but, like, you know, Sidney Malauulu had a tackle and a half for loss. Um, you know, Kevin Prosser had a tackle for loss. Trey Woods, who just got moved to the defensive line, had a sack.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Garrett Crawl had a sack. <laughs> so you know, that's five or six guys right there who were just making plays. And, you know, you had pointed out on Twitter, you know, was the number of tackles that they made, like, was that legit? <laughs> and it was like, yeah, because Mexico only ran, how many plays did they run, like, 49? 49 plays um, the I year. was just,
1: because here, yeah, here's the thing. I look at ESPN stats sometimes. I'm like, here's the discrepancy. I'm like, because sometimes they're incorrect. Because it happens. And so, but why, well, I mean, 39 total tackles. Mexico State, 122. And, like, that's a huge difference, but the amount of plays they ran was a possible 27 times – or, no, excuse me, 33 times, ran it 16 more. What's that, 50 plays? hmm So, I – so, I'm just – I get it. You're not – I mean, it's just – the difference is huge. And, well, I mean, there's – the passing, like, downfield, I just wanted to the uh, this, this game, they couldn't move the ball. They so, okay. I drew did reasonably well, but they, even though they had, like, they have themselves had five TFLs. That's pretty good. Like, they were a couple QB hurries. They did a few things nice, but their defense, yeah, twenty-nine points. A couple. What, how many field goals was there? Three field goals in this game. Two a pair of field goals. I uh, yeah, I think play. Rose ended up with two
0: field goals. Yeah,
1: yeah, two field goals. It's it's a team game where like I kind of figured one to win, but I figure I was kind of joking, ten to seven. It felt like that during the middle of the game, like the middle of the. it was just kind of a slow build, a choco, like I said before. They just kept touchdown, field goal, the safety. Obviously, we didn't mention it by Carl Granderson, but you're right. Like the defense numbers, like. Who were like six tackles, four tackles, three tackles? It didn't matter. They ha- end up with six and a half TFLs, three sacks, a so safety, six six pass deflections. It's like uh, um, go, go, go find it getting in the backfield making the plays, but they have Andrew Windgird coming in or have Tyler Hall coming in for to make the solo tackle.
0: I mean, let's let's put it this way: New Mexico State got nearly two thirds of their offensive production on three plays.
1: Yeah, was that the thirty-one yard pass and the twenty-yard pass, or. Yeah, the thirty one, twelve, and eighteen yard pass, right? Those those place? Yep. <laughs> that was it. Was there any what do you do you want to see anything more of Wyoming at all? Because they were okay on third down conversion, eight of eighteen. Four penalties for sixty, that's okay. Um somehow the Mexico State had twelve for fifty seven yards. Um no return no turnover sports. Time possession was nuts forty to seventeen, forty one to 17, 18, somewhere in that range, but I guess what would you want to see better? More, a little bit better passing game, a little bit? Is that about all, really?
0: I mean, I don't think so because, I, like I said at the beginning, it's, I think this is the kind of offense that they're going to want to have this year. You know, the offense that just kind of wears you down, but has enough playmakers, you know, to be able to be a threat down the field if need be.
1: So, where did you put Wyoming into rankings as we kind of wrap this episode up here?
0: I think I had them, I'm, I'm, and I wish I had saved a copy of it, I think I had them like fourth or fifth. I moved them up a little more than I moved to Hawaii, just because, you know, with all the questions that we talked about leading into the season, at least for one week, they answered them about as emphatically as you could have asked for.
1: Did we overrate the Mexico State maybe a little bit?
0: I don't, th- I don't, I don't think so, because I, th- I don't think we expected Mexico State to be like a world beater but I do think we expected them to be, you know, as competitive as they were last year, you know, and, the, and, the, you know, take, you know, they still do have those playmakers on their defense. It's just, you know, I think Wyoming's, you know, the questions that they had on the offensive lineup quite a down for, at least for now. And, you know, they were able to beat them between the tackles on the running game, you know, maybe in a way that they didn't often see last year. So, I mean, I mm-hmm. still expect them to, Compete for bowl eligibility, but this you know, it's a good win for Wyoming because I think they're going to they're going to end up being a pretty
1: decent thing when, team when all is said and done. Mm-hmm. Here's my ranking, real quick. I I struggled between Utah State, and Wyoming. I go nothing changed for the top like Boise, no San the State. i was debating Wyoming over Utah State, but I put Utah State at four because mm-hmm. people are convincing me their running game is supposed to be really good, and so why not? It's weak. It's the first game, here. and also. Quick We've had about most of our staff put the rankings in here, so I'm trying. It goes by color code. Actually, I'm gonna pull up the spreadsheet here, but there are apparently four different number one votes this week. If you, if you can believe it, is that there? As of right now, it's it's gonna be Boise State. You have a see dark green San Diego State as the first place votes. Did somebody put? I think somebody put Hawaii number one. I can't tell.
0: Well, I mean, they <laughs> I mean, are let me get in the conference. <laughs> I mean, they have a conference sure. put under their belt.
1: Here's what we have here. Here's why I would not. I'd be okay with that, because when I used to do the uh, what was it, the blog poll, whatever, top 25, what i will do is I'd do blog poll hmm. as well for a UDD. I would put, if you played a game and you didn't play an FCS team, I'd rank you up high. If you played some FCS team, I'm like, I don't care. you got to prove something. Because my preseason could be, like, let's just say we're, we're going to finish here, but let's say Boise State's my number one team right now. Had they played Weber State or UC Davis or Cal Poly, I would drop them probably out of our rankings because heck, you beat a crappy team. I don't care how good you're supposed to be. I'm not going to rank you mm-hmm. your schedule. Yeah, week two you play Oklahoma State, beat them. Okay, boom, shoot them back up. So we have here. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. I'll give a sneak peek. Now we have a Boise number one, a Fresno, Hawaii, and a Wyoming. We have two people putting Hawaii and Wyoming in their top two, and a, it was a Wyoming three. And then a Y four, so they're getting some cred for D for playing well and moving up quite a bit. Nobody has them as of right now. There is oh, somebody did put CSU last, so there's that. Huh. <laughs> I'm guessing they're one, right?
0: I think the lowest probably. there
1: is for Y. probably what are you done here? Do we, we go
0: past our time? I I I was going to say, I think we probably know who was
1: ranking Colorado state last.
0: I have one last question for you. And then we'll oh, up. <laughs> yes, we do.
1: You'll know who that is. Okay. <laughs> okay. Forgot. I'm,
0: I'm going to turn your question about Hawaii back on you for a moment. How much better Uh-oh. do you feel about Wyoming's chances to go undefeated in conference play?
1: Conference or non-conference or rather non-conference play. Excuse me. Um, who? I'm sorry, I still have the schedule up here. So they opened up. They got. So I am excited to talk Washington State. Yeah. Host. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to be talking to Jeff um, Looser this week at cookcenter.com or uh, is it mm-hmm. Cooper Center or cook Center? They do Washington, Washington State stuff for SB Nation. I've known it. cook Center. Sorry, I also know a Cooper Center, but cookcenter.com I'm going to talk to him this week as, you, as a few other opponents. Um, I've known him quite a while. That not as much as Hawaii because. Because this will be a huge test. Washington State, what they, we know what they want to do with Mike Leach, throw the ball time. We'll see. At Missouri, similar offense, what they want to do, pass the ball around, play kind of wide. I would give them, I still kind of think 2-2, two and two, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were to beat Washington State. And I'm more confident, let me put it this way, I'm more confident in Hawaii somehow and going 5-0 oh non-conference play than in Wyoming going 4-0. and oh. However, I'm gonna be shocked to be Washington this next week It's at home. It's a defense is tough at Missouri is a tough one, but I'm gonna say they're gonna get three wins in non conference play all right what what about you
0: I mean I think I think you can't help but feel a little <laughs> more optimistic now just because you know we kind of know what to expect from wazoo and and your conversation will probably confirm a lot of what I'm thinking right now, but I mean. They're still trying to replace, you know, some very key components on their offense, you know? So if, if Wyoming's defense is up to the task, you know, they may be able to pull an upset at home if, you know, if the odds are against them in that regard. And, you know, same thing with Missouri. I think Missouri is going to be led by their offense, but you know, if the defense is as good as it was, you know, nothing says that they can't disrupt them. And then, you know, home versus Wofford, that's probably a win. So, it should be. Yeah, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think I think that their non-conference slate is more difficult than Hawaii's. But, you know, I don't think you can discount that possibility now if both sides of the ball continue to play as well as they did yesterday.
1: Yeah, and also going to Washington State, get a pass rush. To, you know what I mean? Just get, get your hands up. They have 6 speed pass breakups in this game. Imagine all mm-hmm. they can do if they get those guys breaking through the line. And the secondary good as well. Wingard, Wingard's a second team All-American. They have Marcus Ebbs back there. They have the talent. It's just how deep is that secondary we'll get to later, but how deep can they go to take on four or five wideouts most of the game instead of say two or three, which is on this weekend? Yeah.
0: It's not gonna be easy, but that defense is gonna be fun. It'll overall. be
1: fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good weekend. I'm going here's a couple of things on the site. I have my stupid bull picks. Um did you say you put anything wide bowl could be bowl team at the moment earlier, right? Maybe? Uh, maybe. Close. Okay. I'm not. I'm All not right. fully so we got that. I, got th- I committed today, and this will be out every week. Okay. I'm going to do quarterback rankings. So now that I had no names, I'm going to do one despite even though there's only three teams played. I'm going to do update that because I, some were TBD on there, like especially Hawaii, for sure. I think even Wyoming, we didn't know when I did these back in like May or early June. So, we'll update that. Mm-hmm. We'll have a Power Rangers out this week. We'll have some fun stuff. I'm going to do a few other podcasts, some mini episodes with the like, Washington State guys, the Colorado guys, uh, one of the guys over at Spartans Wire from Michigan State with Utah State this weekend. So, a handful of those, plus our typical preview. Cross my fingers, get the tech issues fixed. We can make this be awesome <laughs> next time what we normally do. Anything else to add, Matt? Are we good? Well, we should probably mention to
0: subscribe to the podcast anywhere you can. Uh, Pocket Casts iTunes, et cetera, et cetera. Be sure to rate and review us, all that good stuff, especially now that we're back in football mode. Um, We would definitely appreciate that, even if you hate the audio quality on this particular episode. (laughs) I'm sorry, folks. I apologize.
1: Uh, Hey, hey, this is where this happens. Blame me who lost a charger to my MacBook, bought a new charger, bought the wrong type, and then my backup Chromebook did not like to cooperate with my microphone. So I'm using Bluetooth speakers now. So, yeah, you get what you yeah. get this week. Guess what? Can we call the dresser rehearsal before week one begins? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> All right, I think we're done. But you yeah, got to hit and end on, your end, on your
0: Yeah, well, I'll just, you know, make sure to remind folks be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, MWC Wire, mm-hmm. MWWire.com. If you're looking for some interesting, cool offers on things like magazines, food, you know, internet streaming for those week one matchups,
1: yes, Fubo. We had like Deep. nearly a thousand people go to that link to just check out the offer.
0: So thank yeah, you. Yeah, just Let's be sure that. to visit.
1: I, I did myself. Yeah, check it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, mwcwire.com is where all you're going to find all
1: those offers.
0: But I think we're just about up against it. So we should probably grab this up.
1: All right, folks, we'll see you next time. We'll be back probably uh, sometime Wednesday in your podcast feed. We'll see you then.